The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. All right, everyone, welcome in. It's almost 5.30 here on Thursday night, November 16th. It's getting a little dark, but uh, hooky football is just around the corner here. Got a big one uh, versus NC State on Saturday at 3.30. This is Pat, and you're listening to the Sons of Saturday. And we have a very special guest, because when you talk about hooky history, you talk about hooky bowl wins, and you talk about hooky games versus the NC State Wolfpack, the name Chris Kinzer and the phrase "the kick" definitely do not escape uh, your memory. So we got Chris Kinzer here uh, from Kalaski County, Virginia, Spotsylvania County. Now it sounds like. And uh, Chris, welcome to the show. How's everything going? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Everything's everything's great. Really nice. Love it. Well, we're fired up to uh, to chat with you for a, for a few minutes here. Uh, for those who don't know. And here's the thing. Listen, I was born in 94. The kick, <laughs> the famous kick, it happened uh, It happened when my dad and my uncle were students at Virginia Tech. But um, got to give big props. Jermaine Farrell, I know Jermaine did a uh, did a write-up and uh, an interview with you a few years back. So I got to tune into that a little bit here. But um, just to, to read some from Jermaine's article, Chris Kinzer, if you don't know him, he kicked at Virginia Tech from 1985 to 1988. His best season was the 1986 season where Tech uh, went 10-1-1 and won the first ever bowl game. Uh, Chris was 22 of 27 on field goals that year, 6 of 9 from 40 and longer, and made six game-winning kicks, including that game winner against NC State uh, in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. And also, Chris recently just retired from teaching after 27 years of educating the youth in the state of Virginia. So, Chris, I guess we'll we'll bring it back to the very beginning here. You know, I know uh, from from watching a little bit of that interview, uh, it sounds like baseball was was really you know kind of one of your first loves as well. But you know, growing up in Southwest Virginia, what made you want to enroll at Virginia Tech and be a Hokie? You know, I can. Um, I used to go visit my my late grandmother Louise Kinzer on the weekends when I was a kid and my grandmother would always listen to Virginia tech football uh, on the weekends. And I would always sit there in her kitchen and listen to the ball games. We're talking in the mid seventies, early seventies, mid seventies. And of course then, you know, I wanted to be a gobbler. You know, they were before they were known as the Hokies, they were gobblers. And uh, I'll never forget. And I can remember a lot of, things about hokey football back then i can remember they they beat auburn one year at auburn which was a big big deal um uh, but i remember distinctly 
Virginia Tech playing Florida State, and I don't know the exact year. It had to be 74, 75, somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, a guy named Wayne Latimer kicked a 61-yard field goal against Florida State in Lane Stadium. And I'll never forget the uh, the excitement in the uh, the announcer's voice uh, about that long of a kick. And uh, that kind of really, uh, I think, more than anything, that kind of lit the fire that, you know, I, I grew up 20 miles from Blacksburg. I wanted to be a gobbler since I was a kid. And even though I took official official visits to other schools, I knew where I was going all along. So um, it was kind of a dream come true to go to Blacksburg and walk that campus and play in that stadium. It was a, it was a dream come true for me. Now, when you enrolled in Virginia Tech, yeah, I was chatting with my dad and I said, Hey, listen, we got Chris Kinzer coming on. He was like, no way. That's awesome. You know, you watch the video of the kick. Chris was a straight on toe kicker. And he said, yeah, you know, Mark Mosley, this guy on the Redskins, he was a toe kicker too. And it seemed like Virginia tech loved the toe kickers, the straight on toe kickers. And we were kind of one of the last uh, schools to change it to, you know, the soccer style kick. Right. But, um, what what was that like as far as like what was your strategy and kind of just talk, tell me the uh, the evolution of of how we went from the straight on kicking to now you never see that in the NFL. Well, the interesting fact, the, the least I think that's interesting about you know when I I was a I was a Mark Mosley wannabe um, through high school. Um, you know, nineteen eighty two when I was a senior. Chalaski County, uh, Mark Mosley was the MVP of the National Football League as a kicker, which is the only time that's ever happened. He carried uh, the Redskins that year. All and, the, and most most of the people will say, "Hey, he carried the Redskins that year." And uh, you know, later on after my career at Tech, uh, he he had a, he ran a kicking camp for years that I actually kind of ran for him up until probably the mid to late nineties before, before I got out of it. And, uh, you know, Mickey Thomas followed me at tech. He was all, and he followed me at Pulaski County. He was also an outstanding, outstanding kicker. And then you had Ryan Williams from, uh, I think Ryan's from Suffolk. He's the one that had half a foot. Uh, he was a great field goal kicker. And then of course, uh, Shane is also a Pulaski County grad, but Shane is soccer. Uh, and Shane's probably the best of all of us. Um, but, um, you know, I just, I wanted to be Mark Mosley. So started going to his camps. I tried to uh, copy everything he did, including the type of shoe he used. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the, the year that I had in 86, uh, very much mimicked what he did in 82. Uh, very rarely do you see a field goal kicker, you know, carry a football team. And But in 86, uh, we were very good between the 20s. But once we got uh, – we were very um, – not very efficient. Hence, you know, I was 22 for 27 field goals that year, and I was 27 for 27 on extra points. So I had just as many field goal attempts as I did extra point attempts. So – offensively we weren't really efficient so i was the i reaped the benefits of that because i got to kick a lot of field goals it's gonna say 93 points in 1986 i know um i think joey sly might have broken some 
some points records a few years back. But right. um, and as far as kickers at Virginia Tech, I feel like we have had some some very solid kickers over the years. John Love, for example, um, has been phenomenal this year. I know he's always been great. Ninety percent of his kicks. Yeah. So let's talk about 1986. Um, okay. And before we talk about the game, let's zoom out a little bit. Want to know, like, what was the landscape of athletics in general at Virginia Tech? You know, minus minus kind of like what was going on in the football program, but generally, like, where did Virginia Tech sit in relation to basketball, in relation to baseball? You know, we were an independent, um, you know, no conference affiliation, but what was it like just as far as the athletic department? In you know, Basket, uh, football and basketball ruled the roost. I mean, that's those were your big revenue makers. Um, and, um, you know, there was a lot of controversy there that, that year with Bill Dooley because Bill Dooley was the athletic director and the football coach. And Coach Dooley took real good care of us. Um, and I still think he was a good football coach. But uh, when it came to being an athletic director, obviously, uh, with the passing of some time, you realize that, uh, he may not have been the best athletic director. And I don't mean to speak, speak ill of the dead because I really love Coach Dooley because he gave me an opportunity to go to Tech. But uh, those two, two, you know, with basketball and football, they kind of ruled the roost. Um, so, you know, you had – we were independent. And it was, you know, as a kid growing up, I remember in 79, Tech tried to get in the ACC and they were denied. And then uh, – I think later on in the early eighties, they tried again and they got denied ended up in the big, I mean, and Frank, I think Frank realized um, it was important to get into a conference. So he got us into the big East and then eventually in the ACC, which, you know, I thought I'd never see the day we'd get into ACC, uh, but I'm so glad we're there. And I think we, we should be there. Um, and I, I want to say something about Frank too. When I, when I was being recruited at, at tech by Dooley, you never heard anyone talk about winning the national championship. That was never, ever, ever something that was brought up. And Frank, when Frank came in and at the opening news conference, he said something about winning the national championship. Well, half of us thought, thought he was crazy because you never, but that just shows you the, the greatness of Frank. You know, he changed the mindset of a lot of people and we came really close to winning the national championship in 2000 or 99 with Vic and, and uh, the game of Florida State and New Orleans. So, um, you know, it's uh, – things have changed a lot, of obviously. Uh, but back in those days, it's just, it just a lot different. I mean, a lot different. Look at girls' basketball now. It's freaking phenomenal. And you'd be lucky to get 2,000 people at a game back in, back in those days. And then, you know, we double-click in on the football program knowing that Coach Dooley is the AD, he's also the football coach, and, you know, there were some recruiting violations. But what kind of distractions were kind of dominating the headlines or kind of, you know, a lot going on off the field uh, in 1986? Well, you know, that, that year we were told of a, of a lawsuit that, that Coach Dooley had filed against the university for a breach of contract. We were told that, I believe it was, uh, I want to say it was after the Cincinnati game. And, uh, I mean, you got a bunch of young kids that don't know what's, what's going on and, and you, the, how, you know, the ways of how things work. We just wanted to play football and try to go win. And um, I'd probably be lying to you if 
if a lot of us kind of rallied around Coach Dooley to to try to, to finish it out strong for him because we didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, I mean, ultimately we were told it was his last year. He would not be back. And, uh, it, you know, it could have been a big distraction, but we, you know, we kind of focused in on just playing football. And I think Coach Dooley did a good job uh, making sure that's the way that's the way we approached it. And then, you know, you speak on playing the season for Coach Dooley. Who are some of the the young stars and then really leaders of that football team that that led the way and were voices in the locker room? Uh, you know, I, I would I would point to Maurice Williams, Eddie Hunter, Eric Chapman, Steve Johnson. There was a bunch of bunch of guys there that were really good leaders, strong people. Uh, Bob Frula, Mike Clapp, our offensive lineman. You had uh, you had Mark Webb. You had Carter Wiley, you had Curtis Talaferro. You had some really good football players on that football team. And, uh, you know, and we had two – think about it. You know, back in those days, I mean, Bill Dooley was the brother of Vince Dooley. And the Dooleys were known for – they were known for run-based offenses. You know, the old joke was, you know, Tech was three yards and a cloud of dust because we, we ran the football. Uh, but, you know, had that particular year you had – Eddie Hunter and Maurice Williams, who both ran for over a thousand yards. And then you had Eric Chapman, who I think threw for 16 or 1700 yards. So, uh, again, we were really good between the twenties. We just sucked once we got to the 20, uh, hence why I kicked 20, 27, or I had 27 field goal attempts. So you spoke on it, how when coach Beamer got to the podium, when he was being introduced saying that playing for national championships and meanwhile, Tech just won the first bowl game. Right. Coach Beamer goes on, you know, the bowl streak, 26, 27 consecutive bowls. And by the end of the bowl streak, we're, we're out here taking bowl games for granted at this point. And, you right. know, you can also talk about how bowl games have a little less value in college football now, just with, with big money and folks opting out and all that. But in 1986, Virginia Tech had not ever won a bowl game. What was the magnitude of being in the Peach Bowl, getting that bowl appearance, getting to play in Fulton County, County Stadium? Um, you know, can you describe kind of like what the vibe was and, and how big of a deal that was for Virginia Tech at the time? Well, it was a it was a very big deal because we all were very aware of the fact that Tech had been to four bowl games, and that would include a team that Coach Beamer was on in '68 when they played in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, and they had been to four bowls and, and never won a bowl. So we were very aware of that going to Atlanta, that Tech had never won a bowl game. Um, I mean, we knew that. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in the news about it. Uh, so, um, you know, that, I mean, we, we, we knew, and, and I, I mean, I wouldn't say there was pressure. We just wanted to go play. But uh, we knew that we, Tech had never won a bowl game. We knew that. So, uh it was a big deal. So uh, a couple questions were submitted uh, via Twitter. So definitely want to read some of those. Uh, in regards to the Peach Bowl, uh, an account called Higher Loyalty, they have awesome Virginia Tech content, a lot of uh, scrapbooking and images from hockey games over the years. Uh, they say, how did Chris manage such a calm demeanor when NC State tried to ice him? Set the scene for us. Um, they – they actually had an injury. Uh, we were, they had gone down and kicked the field goal to take 
take the lead 24 to 22 with about a minute and a half to go. We had run out of run out of timeouts. Um, we had a pass interference call on uh, David Everett uh, down in the, in the left end zone. Um, they had somebody get hurt, and also on that drive, we had a we had a Maurice Williams, our great running back, faked an injury to stop the clock, and uh, it was the worst acting job uh in history and how that didn't you know how it wasn't a penalty i don't know um but uh right before we uh kicked the field goal they had a, a defensive tackle get hurt so we were on the field ready to kick then they called then they uh, called a timeout to try to ice us um which was good with me because they you know we were kind of being with no timeouts we were rush 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 and when they called the timeout it kind of just slowed things down and give us time to get set up. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, quite frankly, Pat, I was probably too, too dumb to know better. Um, I hate to say that, but, uh, I remember the first time my, my daughter was old enough, she wanted to watch the game and I'm sitting there watching the game with my daughter and it came down to that, you know, to the kick at the end and, I was I was sweating bullets. I was nervous as I'll get out, and and I already knew the outcome, but uh, you know I just uh, I I was always taught to try to be like the duck. You know you you want to look calm on the surface, but your your feet are just a pitter pattern under the surface. So I I was just trying to look the part, but trust me, I was uh, I'm sure my heart rate was up a little bit. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. And, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we did not ask, and I know this is kind of one of the trademarks of of the kick, is the post-kick celebration, you know, running by the NC State bench. Um, You know, I know you said, uh, you just said it, but, um, you know, young kid, young kid in college having a good time. and, And here's the thing. It's a legendary celebration in the eyes of Hokie fans, and we got the win. Um, but you know, what is what is your commentary now for folks who haven't heard it? Uh, you know, I, I I've apologized for that that move <laughs> uh, numerous times. You know, I'm 58 years old. People have got to understand that you grow as a person and as a human being. And um, that was a dumbass kid that just did something that now. Uh, this doesn't make it right, Pat, but you know, that was done to me first. I, I, I didn't just do that just for the, on the whim. It was done to me first, but obviously the camera was on me, but nevertheless, I was in the wrong. Um, and I hate, I hate the fact that, that, that may have detracted from the fact that that was an outstanding college football game that year. Um, sports illustrated, uh, named it the best bowl game of all the bowl games that year. Um, and so to, to 
to do anything that to frown or to 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 make my university and my team look bad. I, obviously, I'm 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 sorry for that. I never wanted that to happen. Uh, but you know, like I said, I apologized a bunch of times for that. Um, and uh, you know, I, I've, I've moved on. I mean, <laughs> um, and I if don't you can't laugh. And if you can't laugh about it now, then what are we even doing, right? Hey, dumbass kid, man. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are young, that were young that not many of us got through through uh, you know our, our our younger years not doing a few dumbass things. So, uh. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I'm sure. So yeah, you get the win, and Lee Corso's on the call, which is right. uh, you know iconic, knowing how far Lee Corso has come within college football media. Um, you know, just an absolute legend. And you know, if you get an opportunity to go on YouTube and, and just watch the, uh, the highlights from the 1986 Peach Bowl, um, truly legendary day for Virginia Tech, legendary moment uh, for Chris and for Bill Dooley and for that 1986 team uh, sending him off in style. Um, Higher loyalty. Question number two, how much did the team enjoy those New Year's Eve uh, parties that night? Any legendary stories or celebrations uh, to note? Uh, I, You know, I had to stay at the stadium after the game to do a bunch of interviews, so I didn't get back to the hotel to almost midnight. And I, I do remember when we rolled in, when I rolled into the Marriott in downtown Atlanta, it was – the throng of people there was just unbelievable. Uh, you know, Hokie Nation really, I mean, you had 20,000 people in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. It was 43 degrees. It was freezing cold. Uh, I mean, uh, it was just a, a zoo. I, I remember getting back and uh, honestly, I think I just went to bed. I was so freaking tired. <laughs> But I remember getting back to Blacksburg. I can remember we we did some celebrating when we got back. Yeah, I asked my dad about uh, that game because him and my uncle Kenny, uh, they were both on the soccer team at that time. They stormed the field. He said that bowl game was epic in Atlanta. Flew down with Kenny, got a free ride ride to town on an RV. Stayed stayed with uh, a buddy's dad for free ate with an alumni for free. It was a classic college weekend, won the game, stormed the field. And that sealed me becoming a lifelong Virginia tech football fan. I'm sure, I'm sure it did for uh, tons of Hokies that night, Chris, but thank you because uh, I would not have been a lifelong Hokie fan. If my dad was not a lifelong Virginia tech, uh, Virginia tech fan. Uh, but two more questions before we roll into rapid fire here. Okay. Uh, one from Grady Baker. What is your favorite Bill Dooley story. Oh my. Uh, let's see. There's a ton of Bill Dooley stories. The one that I always remember, it was actually Peach Bowl week. Um, one of the days they took us up to uh, to the Atlanta Falcons training facility for to tour the facility, to have lunch. And uh, they had a stage set up where we where we we were eating, and uh, there was a, a mother and her two daughters 
that they had hired to clog. They were cloggers. I don't know if you know what a clogger is, but it's sort of like tap dancing, but not tap dancing. And uh, all three of these young, these ladies were very attractive ladies and they were dressed in, you know, little skirts. And I mean, they were very, very good looking ladies. And uh, after they finished their routine, the, the, the mother, now you got to get, they're, they're on a stage. So we're sitting down, sitting down low and Bill Dooley or Bill Dooley sitting down low with the rest of us. And the ladies are on this stage. And uh, she asked Bill Dooley to come forward. So he got up and walked right up to the edge of the stage and she turned around and faced away from him. And she reached up under her skirt and these, you know, I guess they're bloomers or underwear. They're yellow. She, these things come down. It hit the floor. And I'm, I'm like right behind Coach Dooley, and I'm going. I'm thinking, is the lady going to freaking moon him? What what's going on here? And she bends over and she flips her skirt up, and she has a red pair of panties on, and it says, "Go dogs." <laughs> and she said, "This message is from your brother Vince." And she and that's when she did that. It was the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. I I, I just I still to this day can't believe. You're sitting there thinking, oh, my God, she's going to moon him. But it was from Vince Dooley. Vince Dooley had hired her and paid her to do that. So that's my Bill Dooley story. Vince Dooley had jokes for Bill Dooley, former Virginia Tech athletic director and head football coach. I'm sure sure, uh, a unique situation to see your uh, your head ball coach uh, have to deal with uh, <laughs> a prank from his brother. Oh, it was, um, it was crazy. <laughs> And then understanding now, Chris, that you have a, a role in current game day operations, would love to hear about that. I'm sure Hokie Nation would love to hear about that as well. You know, it's last year when I when I started, and again, Carol Walters is the she's in charge of all that. So um, the first thing that I would say to Hokie Nation is the people that are on the field, behind the scenes to pull things, to make things look, run smoothly. I was blown away last year um, just watching all the different people and what they do and, and their roles. Uh, there are a lot of people down there that work hard uh, to, to make things run rather smoothly. So uh, that's the first thing I was impressed with. Uh, and that's something you don't, as a player, you probably don't, you don't see or you don't know. But uh, the people that, deal with the officials, the people, the chain crew, those guys, uh, uh, you know, all the people that make sure the gates are manned. And, uh, you know, of course, Steve Hale and the TV timeouts and, and how, how that works. I mean, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Uh, it, it's just, uh, I, I got a great appreciation for what those people do and, and, and how they make it, make it look rather smoothly. I'm sure there's some glitches, but it, for the most part, I think it runs rather smoothly. It's a ton of fun uh, seeing what game day has become over the years, uh, especially, you know, it, it's been a special season at home. And I, you know, I think a lot of folks are, are fired up about coach pride and what he's been able to do as far as not just beating these teams at home, but, but putting us in comfortable positions in the fourth quarter rather than, yes. you know, yes. and I know that this weekend it'll be uh might be a little different just because that defense at NC State. But um, we'll roll into some rapid fire here, Chris. Uh, got a few questions for you, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. But 
uh, dinner with four people, dead or alive. Hold on, Pat. I can't hear. My dogs are barking at something. Someone at the door? No, no. Thank you, honey. <laughs> well, okay, I'm sorry. They must be getting hungry. Uh, I brought up dinner. I said dinner with four people, dead or alive. The, dog, <laughs> the dogs want a seat at the table. Uh, who, Chris, who are you bringing to dinner and where are you going to eat? Who am I bringing to dinner? Hmm. Am I going to dinner? Can I say my mom and my dad? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. My mom and my dad. I, you know, as a as an adult, you know, my mom and dad are older and don't get to see them as much as I used to. And I, and uh, and you get to the point where you realize that uh, there's going to be a day and time that you can't do that. So, uh, mom and dad. And where are you taking them to eat? Oh, good Lord. Uh, they'll probably want to go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Serve it up. Uh, okay, Chris, when does Christmas music start in the Kinzer household? Because there's a lot of debating, hey, November 1, it's Christmas music versus, you know, Black Friday. Um, the tree goes up Black Friday. But um, when? I guess two-part question, when does Christmas music start? And two, when do you put up the Christmas tree? Because that those could be different dates. We do all we do all that in our house. We do that the day after Thanksgiving. Um, my wife is a senior vice president for service management for Sirius XM Radio, so they already are playing Christmas music, and it's a big it's a big big deal with Sirius. So they're already playing the music, but in this house, it doesn't it doesn't go up until after Thanksgiving. There you go, and that is. The right answer. Just <laughs> out there, that is the correct answer. Uh, favorite vacation spot for the Kinzer family? Oh, without question, Nags Head, Outer Banks. Outer Banks, love it. And then uh, score prediction for Saturday: thirty-one seventeen Tech. Here we go. Score more than thirty. I think. Uh, I think we can do it. Uh, lastly, Chris. We call this Sharky Shoutouts. Uh, want to give you an opportunity. If you have anyone you want to shout out or if you have a message you want to deliver to Hokie Nation, uh, here's your opportunity. But appreciate you coming on here tonight. Uh, just uh, I'm, I'm glad to be on with you tonight, Pat. And any message to Hokie Nation is just uh, just remember to be be positive, have faith faith in Coach Pry and what they're doing and, and the process. And uh, and uh, and I'm I really like the direction we're headed. And uh, I know patience is something we a lot of us don't have, uh, especially as fans. But uh, I, uh, I for one, uh, will always have faith and always believe in what's going on in Blacksburg. So uh, it's a very special place to a lot of us, and uh, that'd be my message. That's Chris Kinzer, everyone. Appreciate you coming on, Chris. Hopefully, we'll see you around this weekend. I'll be uh, look for the chubby ball guy in the end zone. I'll be down uh, walking around. I spend most of my time with with Steve, the red hat. He uh, you know, he goes out for the TV timeouts. I'll be right there with him. Uh, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be chilly Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, I think so I'll uh, probably have uh, – I, I, I might wear shorts and a sweatshirt. I don't know yet, but uh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be walking back, walking around. You'll see me. I can't miss the ball. Well, <laughs> I may have a hat on, but uh, usually can't miss my melon. <laughs> we'll come find you down there. Awesome, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you very much. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to sweat Trash my friend's place, wake up the next day Take a hit, it started to drag me in